Um, so welcome to the Meaningful Jobs uh, podcast. My name is Adrian, and today it's my great honor to welcome uh, my guest, Peter, who runs a restaurant brand, um, to my podcast to share about his views on career uh, and how to find meaning in work. So uh, first of all, how are you, Peter? Hope you're well. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you. So um, before uh, asking you maybe perhaps how you got how you managed to navigate through um, the COVID times um, during your business. Um, could you maybe tell us a little bit about your background, like how you went, got into the uh, restaurant business? Yeah, so um, I'm actually fourth generation restaurateur. So I had, uh, but but my father started this particular restaurant, or both my parents did actually, and uh, they had, um, uh, and then I kind of worked in it, but I worked for my father since I was 12 years old. I right. didn't want to have anything to do with restaurants. Like I want to have nothing oh. to do with it and became a lawyer, uh, went to law school, became yeah. a lawyer and I was practicing law. And, um, one day and I was, I was in my office and there was a conversation being taken place next, next door. And it wasn't a bad conversation. I don't yeah. even remember what it was about. And it was just so boring <laughs> and and I just remember thinking, I don't want to have that conversation in 10 years. Hmm. And and I was working, even while I was working for the law firm, I'd still work part-time at the restaurants at night, just and and those I'd get energized, et cetera. And so I said, you know what, I want to kind of come back. So I talked to my father about coming back. And right. what I didn't know was that he had um uh he was looking for somebody to uh to buy the restaurant. Um right. and like he was right. wanting to retire. And so I agreed to come back and uh, started it over, uh, started from there, took over the operations in 2001, and then eventually bought the restaurant from them in 2009. Right, right. I see. Well, so that, that's quite a big shift, actually, from yeah. <laughs> to the restaurant to the restaurant business. Um, well, we get sued a lot, so it's really not that much of a shift. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I think you've grown to quite a large scale already. I think you've got more than you know, a few. Is there a few dozen restaurants already? Or? We have we have we know we have only, oh. we have six restaurants, but I do have we have other businesses that we operate. So we have a a seasoning company as well. We have a company that uh, we have an e-commerce site where we ship our food everywhere. Right. Uh, we, right. we do a little bit of real estate development. Um, we got um, a couple of companies doing that. We have. Um, um, I'm an author. I'm 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 speaker. Um, I host uh, my my a television show on Benevolent Faith TV called Constructive Christianity. So yeah. we 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 do a whole lot of different stuff, and um, uh, that that just that that just goes outside of restaurants. But restaurants is probably what I'm most known for uh, because that's kind of really where I got our start. And that's kind of the more public face. It's kind of more the front of mind, uh, of, of businesses that we have. Right. So what would you say is the most difficult aspect in, you know, running a restaurant business? You know, it's always been people, um, regardless of whether it's your employees or whether it's your customers. Um, yeah, as long as I can remember, you know, you're always going to have, you're always going to have problem customers. You're always going to have problem employees. Um, I mean, yeah. you have outstanding customers, outstanding employees too. But in reality, what, what usually kind of sucks the most time is that. And then I would say probably a really close second is the, the the changing of government regulations and 
you know, because in the restaurant business, we are under so many different or, uh, 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 regulatory agencies, whether it's the health right. department, Department of Labor, OSHA, um, you know, yeah. then you have everybody, you know, has the IRS, Department of Revenue, uh, Alcoholic Beverage Commission. I mean, I can go on and on and on. And so the, they change regulations on a regular basis. And so uh, and then all of a sudden they show up with the, the, the new inspection and you're just like, ah, OK, yeah, we'll fix that. We didn't know it was a problem. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So. no choice anyway. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, um, because um, I know a lot of people who'd like to actually maybe run a restaurant, or maybe their dream is to maybe have their own cafe or small restaurant, but a lot of them might not know the amount of work that is required. So you know, amidst all, you know, the busyness, um, and the time and effort spent in maybe adhering to different regulations. How do you still find maybe enjoyment in, in, in what you do? You know, um, again, that that kind of goes down to the people side of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I got into the restaurant. I, got, I went to law because I wanted to help people. That was the main reason why I went to law. And, you know, I would study, you know, famous civil rights attorneys and, uh, yeah, and I would you know study people that just made a difference using their their as as a lawyer to to help yep. help different things, and I think that was one of the frustrating things that does not make a difference. And um, right. I mean, you might impact a person's life, but that's over a course of a year, two years, and even then, they're probably unhappy with you, even if you win, because they didn't get the yeah. feeling of satisfaction they thought they were going to get. Where in the restaurant. There, again, going back to the people, we get to make a difference in people's lives that work for us. The people that work for us are a, uh, many of them have, uh, they, they made some bad decisions in their life or maybe their first job ever. You know, and so that's generally the people that are there. So we have a lot of people that, that have gotten out of jail. We have a lot of people that are battling drug and alcohol problems. In fact, I just fired somebody actually at our office, which is really unusual. I fired, fired someone two days ago yeah. uh, due to uh, uh, being drunk at work. Um, oh. And, um, you know, but, but our main goal even then uh, was, look, we need to get you help. I want to find this. So we have a chaplain that, that, that we had the chaplain contact her the next day because she was too out of it to be to, to listen to it the same day um but but we had that chaplain to come mm. uh and talk to her about and give her different options of places that she can go for outpatient rehab etc so even after we terminate people we still make that impact yeah and then the customers you know realize people don't eat out because they're hungry they eat out for the experience i mean a piece of bread and a piece of cheese can satisfy my hunger i mean i've made many meals out of trail mix yeah. You know, um, and so, uh, so, so it goes beyond that. And so we get to impact their lives because sometimes that's the only bright spot in people's days. Right. And, um, and we get to have that type of impact on them. Mm. Um, well, I think it's a good point you made that um, when you talked about being a solicitor, where it's pretty hard to maybe quantify how you, how much help you can actually give people. Do you think it's a bit easier to, to do that, you know, in the restaurant business? I think it's, I think, yes, but you have to be a little bit, your expectations have to be low with it. And the reason why I say that in, in the business world, you know, we, we expect to make an investment and we expect, you know, great returns. I mean, you, you don't go into business to, to, to try to make little returns off of your investment. That's not what you're doing. It doesn't matter what business you're in. Yep. 
but but because we're a high turnover industry, because you know we we see a lot of people again that that are making bad decisions that were raised, um, you know, raised um, in homes that that were really rough and hard homes. You yeah. know, my my goal is is we're there to make an impact in their lives and just enough so that if we get to see it all the way through, that's great. Yeah. Most of the time, what we're trying to do is trying to uh, add to it so that hopefully someone else can take it to the next level. Right. Uh, so I look at it as like a big bucket. And my job is to add water into that bucket. And sometimes I get to add a tablespoon. Sometimes I add, you know, a whole gallon into the bucket. You know, I might be the last one to get the water to overflow, but most of the time I'm not. But if I can keep adding water to that bucket, and then if they leave us and go somewhere else, someone else might not have that opportunity. But if yeah. someone else is going to add that gallon to it, it could overflow. But if I did nothing, then all they did was just fill the bucket halfway. And so that's that's a big part of how we kind of look at it and how we kind of look at what we do as, as, as success. So in this podcast, there's quite a lot of people who actually you know have a stable job and some of them might actually want to venture out um, you know, to join a business or start their own business, um, how would how difficult would you say is is it to maybe um, forget about your stable income and just go into business? Because it's very easy to think about, oh, I want to help other people, but then you also need to make ends meet. So, like, what kind of um, advice can you give in this respect? Right. You know, well, to to that point, you know, I've heard, you know, no. No margin, there's no mission, you know. Mm -hmm. So you gotta you gotta have money coming to the coming to, to the to there. You have to be focused on that. But regardless of that, yeah, I I I, I heard that there was um, a group of nuns that 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 operated a hospital. That's where it came from. Is is uh, at least where I heard it from was was right. from that. But the um, but at the end of the day, um, yeah, it's scary. Um, you know, every you know, because I'll be honest. I probably have failed in more businesses than I've succeeded, you know, right. and, but each time we do it, we say, you know, okay, this is, this is what it is. We kind of weigh out the cost ahead of time um, mm -hmm. and, and say, okay, is this going to be worth it or not worth it? And we, and we try, um, but you have to kind of go in with an expectation that you're going to exceed your, 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 your plans. You yeah. got to go into the expectation that you might fall short of your plans and you have to kind of be prepared for both. But the preparation for both is not as much of the physical side. It's more of the emotional side. It's yeah. the, you know, when you're lying at two o'clock in the morning and you're like, I got so much business that I'm, I'm a, I can't handle it. What am I going to do? Or yeah. I'm about to fail. And what am I going to do? It, it's, you have to have that type of, of strength and, and uh, you have to be able to trust that, that, that you know, people are going to, that you're going to, make it through to the other side no matter what but that is an extremely difficult part and i would think that's probably the hardest part about starting your own business the other parts of it just you're gonna mess up i mean <laughs> at the end of the day you're gonna mess up the the question isn't when the question or the question isn't if the question is when and the question is 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 it a type of mess up that you can recover from and and that's the part you can't you can't sit there and think you're gonna have it perfect the perfect plan in my first book i have a chapter called the perfect plan yeah. And and we see how it just goes like, wiped away, it gets destroyed in that perfect plan. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, uh, our listeners can maybe purchase your book, I guess, 
to further understand maybe how to like start you know a, a business without you know um going to go, going into a business with the wrong mindset i guess um so you also mentioned in one of your previous interviews i believe about how um bad perhaps you were affected by covid um yes. could you maybe talk us through how you know what happened and how you managed to you know navigate through it so the, the I, I was i was at a uh, a speech I, I was given a speech one time and i was talking about covid and and the, the problems with it and there was a, a guy that came a real country guy who was giving a speech right after me and he got up there and he looked at me and he said running a restaurant during covid is like a three-legged lizard with half a tail and <laughs> and somebody gave me this as a reminder it's a little right. three-legged lizard with oh, half wow. a tail <laughs> and i keep it on my That's desk a nice reminder. <laughs> and, and um, because that, I mean, that it was in Tennessee, the, the restrictions weren't too tough, like they were in many other parts of the country or the world. Um, but, but, but the problem in Tennessee was, is our governor said every little county could make their own rules. So since we're, we were in four different counties, um, you know, so what I did in, in this store, I couldn't do in another one. So that was one part of it, but originally and when it started, it started with you're not allowed to go to restaurants because if you go eat out at restaurants, you're all going to die. So I had to lay off like all my employees, you know, uh, yeah, you actually had to lay off every one of them. Uh, pretty know? much. Yeah. We, we were able to consider we were still essential. We were able to keep, um, you know, some of our cooks um, mm -hmm. and I converted our servers into delivery drivers and we tried to do a delivery business and we were doing setting up different things that we, that we had to do, yeah. you know, but like one of our locations that had normally around a hundred employees, I mean, they were operating with, with a team of six, okay. you know, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, our busiest volume store had the most, and we were operating with a team of 25 and normally we had 150 employees. And, and so, and some, you know, and, and you know, when you're having to do that, it is not only difficult, um, but then you just don't know if you're going to make it or not. I, I remember I wrote in my my journal, you know, I, well, I talked with our, our GMs and said, hey, there's this thing called COVID and it's hit yeah. the United States yeah. and it might impact us, you know, so just kind of be prepared. We might have to close for a couple of weeks, you know, just be prepared because that's what they were telling us. Yeah. And then then uh, about a week after that, I remember, uh, I remember writing my journal, they're shutting down everything. We yeah. need to hang on. This is about to be a bumpy ride. And uh, two days after that, I was on the phone with a bankruptcy attorney saying, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Um, and I need, you know, I need to make certain that whatever I do, that I don't screw up our bankruptcy if we have to file bankruptcy. Now we never did. Um, you know, but you know, I had to call, you had to call our vendors and be like, Hey, I don't have any cash. You know, yeah. I'm getting a little bit in through carry out. I will pay you eventually. Yeah. Um, but I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to be late. And and I divided our checks up into three piles. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the A pile was 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 my, my food, government and money. Uh, those had to be paid first or go, go, money, people, food and okay. and 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 government. Yeah. The, the C pile was everybody who was going to be hateful and said, well, you got to pay us right away. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, actually I'm not. And then um, you, you move over to this pile because what are you going to do? The courts are closed. It's not like you could sue me for it anyway. And again, I knew eventually I was going to pay them. 
<laughs> then there was the B pile and that was everybody else. So every day I'd kind of go through the checks and be like, okay, let me add a few Bs into the pile. I could look at my cash and knock out all my cash, send those checks out. I can't imagine how stressful that, might, that must be. You know, the, the thing about it is, is, is again, when I, when I'd gone through the failed business before and, and recognized that, that, that God has you and am I placing trust in God mm. um, and recognize that, that any fear that you have mm. is, is all you're saying is, is, Hey God, I don't trust you in this moment. I mean, even David says in the Bible, he says, you know, when I, when I am afraid, I'll put my trust in you. Yeah. And so that was it. So every time we kind of start getting a little nervous, the same fears as everybody else, you know, are you going to die if you get COVID or, you know, is your friends and loved ones going to die? We had those same fears too, but I recognize, you know, everything that was happening, the speed at which it came, it had to have been a spiritually based component. There's no way that anything like this could happen yeah. just out of a uh, randomness of, of nature. Um, and so we knew that's where it had to be. So we end up spending most of our time being thankful. So we put a blessing boards in our in our restaurants for those who are working. And you know, we we um, you know, and every day when we pray, we made certain that we were being thankful and we would list the things that we were thankful for in order to be able to kind of get through that season. And but it's not because I wanted to be, it's not like I was like, oh, this is just so awesome. Yeah, it's because I chose to be. And, and that's the part when you're going through these problems, that's the part you have to be, you have to choose your attitude. You can't control the circumstances, but you can control your effort and your attitude. Those are the only two things in life you can ever control. So I guess perhaps, you know, your way of trying to manage stress is to categorize between things where you can control and things where you can't and just focus on, you know, the, the, the things that you can, I guess. Yeah, well, there's some of that, but control to me is kind of funny. I, I I I look at the way we think we control our lives in a similar way that when my son, we took my son horseback riding one time. Right. And right, it was his first time when he was a little kid, first yeah. time when he was by himself on a horse. Right. And we told him, you know, on this horse, you got to let that animal know you're in control. I mean, it's a big, big animal and a little bitty boy, you know, sitting on top of it. And he's like, you're in control of this animal, no matter what. And so the horse at one point in time takes off in a trot and, yeah. and his legs come out of the stirrups and his arms are, are, are holding on the reins and he's just flapping. I mean, everything's just flapping and you hear him screaming, yeah. I'm in control. I'm in <laughs> control. And, and that's how we are in our lives when we think we have control. And reality is we don't have control, but we do get to choose and control our attitude about it. We do get to right. control whether we're going to be thankful during those times. And some days it's hard. Some days it's really difficult when everything's crashing around you. It's yeah. just hard to sit there and say, wow, you know, I need to be thankful during this time. And that applies in my, in my married life too. When my wife and I are fighting, I journal every day and every day I write something positive, but I'll focus on her. And right. within three days of me writing something positive, it's amazing that she always gets better. Mm. And it's not because she really gets better. It's because my attitude toward her changed. Mm. And so we, we, we have a, uh, and, and I just find that, that by changing your attitude towards life, um, it, it, it just, it, it, the Bible is correct. It gives you a piece that goes beyond understanding and I can't necessarily explain it. So during COVID, we had already learned how to process that. And so, yes, it was stressful, but I also knew that no matter what, God's going to put me somewhere else. And if COVID closed me, God, God has me. 
it's not going to be the end of anything. And yeah, I may not be able to take the vacation I want, or I may not be able to buy the car that I want. Mm -hmm. So what if I died, I couldn't take the car with me and I'm not, those memories of the vacation are gone anyway. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter to me at all. Well, so, um, so now that COVID has ended, uh, would you say you guys are doing a lot better? Like how, how did you guys get out of like the whole mess? No, actually I would argue that it's worse, but, it, but our sales wise is better. Our, our, our cash or financial pro financials thing is better. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we actually now have cash, we have cash reserves. We, um, we created better systems for it. So in that sense, things got a lot better. Right. Where it got worse was after COVID ended in 21, mm. then you had to battle the supply chain problem and you had about right. a labor shortage. And, and the government didn't want to talk about the fact that the supply chain was a result of the labor shortage. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone kept, you know, even like the, the news kept pointing to all the barges uh, on California. And reality was, is we were short supplies of things were manufactured right here in the United States. In fact, one of our major things that I could not get anymore is literally a 45 minute drive south of me and I could not get it. So it had nothing to do with barges or anything like that. They didn't have the labor to manufacture the size of the cups I needed for it. And so, um, and again, I, I, I get all the answers in the Bible, just sometimes you don't always know it's there. Yeah. But, I, but I was reading in there and I was reading in Genesis and I got to Genesis 41 and in Genesis 41, Joseph tells Pharaoh, Hey, you got seven years of, of great, times and then seven years of famine so start stockpiling yeah. and i realized then uh, that's what we needed to do so i rented a bunch of storage units mm -hmm. and stockpiled four weeks worth of supplies all of our non-perishables and right. stored all of that and and it got us through our busy season and we we didn't run out of trash bags when many of our competitors did i mean Right. You know, we didn't run out of saran wrap and and uh, and and soup cups, and so we were able to get through that season. Mm. And but the labor market again, we were having to shut down certain days because we didn't have the people. Yeah. And it's still a problem today. It's not near as a problem as as in twenty one. Twenty two is slightly better. This year is slightly better than that. So we're seeing some change in it, um, but it's it's still. A battle I, I spoke i gave a speech in cookville tennessee the other day it was about 250 people yeah. and asked the question i said you know how many of you are experiencing labor problems mm. and if not every hand went up it was really close to it like i didn't see anyone's hand not go up um so it is still a it is still a a massive problem and from the friends that i have internationally i think it's a worldwide problem too it's it's funny because it seems like we are in sort of a re recession but the unemployment level is still pretty low um, there's not enough enough labor, um, you know, like as you said, even other parts of the country, um, and, and yeah. The, yeah, yeah, and I don't understand. I don't always understand why on that. Uh, to me, there, 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 there has to be something the way they've changed the definition of it. Yeah, you know, the government's notorious for changing definitions yeah. to make things fit. You yeah. know, um, you know, they changed the definition of vaccine to get the COVID vaccine passed. And I'm not like some conspiracy theorist with it or whatever. <laughs> it's just what happened. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but they've changed the definition of, you know, they they, they changed the definition of autism a while back. And then all of a sudden you get this outbreak changed, of autism among I think kids. they even changed the definition and, of recession, I think. Yes, they did. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. I forgot about that one. That's even the best example there. They 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 did that. You know, so you can change the definition, but reality is, is we're still suffering the effects of it. So I do agree with you that 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 
we have some of these issues. But the other problem is, is we're now seeing, because when COVID happened, baby boomers were right at retirement age. So, so many of them retired, which then gave the opportunities to rise up from other people below. And yeah. then that's when the population started to drop. And I think that's a big part of it. I yeah. think the government programs from COVID didn't help matters because it was real easy to kind of ride that wave for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and truthfully, um, when you're seeing, you know, people that have massive amounts of, of drug addiction and homelessness, they're not being counted in that unemployment roles, mm-hmm. you know, but they're also not working either. So it's not like, so, so that I'm not really quite sure. And then lastly, um, and I haven't looked at this number in a while, but, but about three or four months ago, there was 10 million, 10.6 million job openings and there was 9.6 million unemployed. Yeah. That's, and, and, that's and so, phenomenal. yeah. So even if you feel that every, everyone got employed, you still were short of jobs. So, yeah. but I'm not quite sure how all that's got contributed with it. I know at 18, we were struggling a little bit with labor, yeah. but, but nothing like we're doing right now. So, you know, lastly, before we end, um, I'm just wondering if you can maybe give our viewers some advice in terms of, you know, how they can find, you know, meaning in work aside from maybe just monetary uh, compensations. You know, work is never work, work is service um, and, and, and work is, is worship. When you when you actually read the word worship in, in ancient Hebrew, it would actually meant work. Mm. And if we're working for money mm. and not for service and not for worship, mm. then it will be always be meaningless, um, no matter what. And if you're only in it for the paycheck, um, you'll never be fulfilled. Um, yeah. You know, in, in Haggai, the, the, in, in, in there, the, you know, God says, hey, you know what? You're not fulfilled. You, you work, in, but your, 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 your purses have holes in it. In other words, you got money and it's just going away. You, you can eat, but you're not full. He, he, he kind of references fulfillment. He says, that's because you're not working on God's house. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, God's house is in us. It's, it's the temple within us. And yeah. so from that, you know, we have to realize that we got to work on that first, and that's where it starts. And then from there, everything else will seem to, to, to take place from it from that point in time. But there are many people out there who, you know, who, who are satisfied with other things. So the question I would have, and it's more of a, not really advice, but it's a question you need to challenge for everybody listening can challenge themselves on, which is this. Hmm. What are you going to be accomplished? If you die today, what are you going to be remembered for? Because it's not going to be money that you have. What are you going to be remembered for? And and whatever you want to be remembered for, start focusing on it and start doing everything you possibly can for it. And you can do it in your existing job. You can say, wow, my job is just meaningless. I don't like it. I want to find a new job that has meaning. But whatever it is, but, but ask yourself that question. Because if you're not making an impact in other people's lives around you, Mm. I don't mean to be rude or, or hateful when I say this, but you're just taking up space. <laughs> and and but but everybody has influence over somebody around them. So what are you going to be known for on that, that, that circle of influence you have and focus on it? But you have to start with that question there because most people I don't think actually understand and know that about themselves. Mm. Well, thank thanks so much for your for your time today. Uh, Appreciate it. Thank uh, you. Um look forward to having you in our you know future podcast, maybe. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Peter. Thanks. Thank you.